Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to a gorgeous, if not brisk, fall weekend. And folks, don't forget, put your clocks back this weekend. That's right, we do public service announcements here. I, I'm sure you won't forget, this is your chance to get an extra hour. Um, nobody forgets this week. I, though, need to not forget to introduce our panel, which means Priscilla Board is with us, our Movement Politics Director. Priscilla, great to have you. I uh, appreciate the reminder because I often uh, forget NMTM, let's stop moving these clocks and just keep one of them. Uh, but I appreciate no, no, no. the we're reminder. Not, we're not getting into that debate now. Come on. <laughs> That's for next no. week. That's uh, for our staff meeting. <laughs> yes. Uh, but appreciate happy Happy November, everybody. Yeah, folks, for uh, you may not know, uh, uh, th in our staff meeting, we often have icebreakers and um, we choose to get into fights like about should we put the clocks back or not? That's what we settle. Icebreakers, <laughs> And it's, by the way, very contentious within the organization. Oh, Robert Craig is with us, our executive director. Robert, good to have you. Morning, everyone. Good morning. And I do say that as a public service announcement, because if you do know that you have an extra hour. And you can plan for the fact that you should maybe try to do something this Saturday evening with your extra hour. Uh, folks, please do that. Get out. Enjoy. Enjoy this. Uh, it should be a very nice fall weekend here in Wisconsin. But we are, again, not weather forecasters. We're here to talk politics. Uh, and we very much want to talk about some big news in the state. Uh, there's a number of important pieces of legislation that were introduced this week that we're going to talk about and including I think everybody listening to this show by now knows that the Badger Care Public Option Bill was released this week uh, and we're going to talk more about that but before we do um, there was a, a, a death of Addie Barkin and Priscilla I want you to tell our listeners who don't know if they don't know who Addie Barkin is why this death is so important, especially to an organization like ours, but more broadly, um, and uh, before we talk about uh, expanding access to healthcare. Yeah. Um, so Addie, Addie Barkin, if you don't know who uh, he is, there is a fantastic and deeply moving documentary called Not Going Quietly uh, that just came out a couple years ago uh, about his his fight. So he was diagnosed with ALS um, years ago and uh, was basically, you know, his insurance did what insurances do. And they really, his family, his little family struggled. Um, and so he got involved there is uh to bring it to wisconsin there is one of the most moving uh early stages of of his fight uh where he is knocking on paul ryan's door and can hardly walk up to it because of als but he's knocking on paul ryan's door saying i'm here and we need to do something he's testified in front of multiple congresses um and all all for health care uh, and he did not go quietly. It's an aptly named documentary. Uh, he definitely did not go quietly. He was 39 um, and leaves behind a massive legacy of of people fighting for just everyday things of insurance. He just wanted to be able to, you know, he spent his last days fighting for this, his last years fighting 
for this and brought in so many people and will continue to bring in so many people long, long after this, this day. So definitely take some time, watch some of his, there's plenty of YouTube videos on him. He did interviews with every single presidential primary candidate in 2019 to get them really like on the record of what are you going to do for healthcare? What are you going to do for Medicare for all? What are you going to do for, for people who need assistance? Uh, so it's, it's a deep, it's a sad morning. I was sad night last night to find out um, that, but when it happened, uh, we all, of course, I think it's one of those things where we all hope that we have a lot more time, but knowing how quickly ALS moves through people. Uh, but yeah. Definitely holding uh, Addie's family, if you don't know them. They're very cute. Uh, Carl and Willow and his wife, Rachel. Um, holding them all in our hearts a little bit today. Yeah. Thank you, Priscilla, for that education, especially if folks don't know who he is. But look, what's what's amazing about his life is it's extraordinary in its ordinariness because he could be any one of us. ALS right? It's like a metaphor for, for life, right? It, it could affect anyone and it completely changes your world. And the idea that you would have to also fight with your insurance company while you're fighting for your life is immoral. And Addie did an amazing job of standing up and showing that people's actual stories, their lived experiences are all you need. And you can play a major role as one individual getting involved in a system, right. And trying to fight back. And, and Addie did that and used social media. That's another thing. Uh, social media was a wash with things for Addie last night, because that's where um, that's where Addie was prolific in uh, understanding that medium. And as podcasters, we appreciate that. Um, but then using that, sharing that passion, um, and getting the story out, right. About this system. So, um, thank you, Priscilla. And it's also worth noting that Addie was a leader in fighting, not only for broad things, Priscilla mentioned Medicare for all single payer, but would fight strategically along the way about improvements. And one of them, which Robert, you have talked about is Eddie's a leader on fighting against Medicare Advantage and what the system's doing and tearing apart Medicare and things like that and how we need broader systems, which is really, really smart and something we have talked about. But Robert, your thoughts on the passing of Addie before we move on to talking about the good news about the Badger Care Public Option Bill. Well, <clears throat> I second what uh, Priscilla said and what you said. I met him once. Uh, we both attended the first ever uh, hearing in Congress on Medicare for All. Now, you might think uh, there have been a lot of hearings. There were no hearings in the House of Representatives or the Senate until 2019, after the 2018 sweep. And the hearing room, chosen by Nancy Pelosi's staff, was tiny. So the whole press corps, and it was very narrowly invited guests as... Uh, you know, leader in people's action, Pramila Jayapal, the lead sponsor, uh, I, gave us a couple seats. So I was there, Addie testified. And so I agree with, uh, you know, the impact that Addie had with, with it, he had more impact in during his time with ALS than, than most people have in a lifetime. 
um, I will say that um, he would have uh, did understand that no matter how no one individual, no one story can do it. It can be a catalyst, but more people need to get off the sidelines. A lot of people are inspired by Addy and by this movement. More need to go off the sidelines. We're going to get to how bad the healthcare crisis is, but this is about more people backing Addy and others up and themselves up and their families up. And I'll just say this is not just, of course, the Republicans on the panel were skeptical, but not all the Democrats uh, were for it. In fact, the lead opponent on the Democratic side, there was some strong progressives in there like Jamie Raskin that were very positive and uh, Representative uh, Jim McGovern from Massachusetts, who was chair of this committee, uh, but uh, was former UW-Madison Chancellor Donna Shalala when I was there, who was a congresswoman from Florida, and she was cynical insider and cha even challenged Addie about, well, we need to be adult about what's possible here and how the system works kind of stuff. So just calling that out is she was the chance of UW-Madison when I went there. So part of what makes the passing of Addie so important is we, we need to learn those lessons, right, and be inspired by Addie. And so we're asking you all today to make sure that you think about that as it relates to a number of the pieces of legislation we're going to talk about that start to make improvements towards that system of making sure we have a different healthcare system that actually values people's health over the profit of the industry. Um, and the only way these things get traction and start to get movement is if folks get involved, contact their legislators and actually start talking to neighbors about this and make these if they don't pass right which we would all expect any good democratic bills right now probably are gonna be challenged make them election issues and robert i'm gonna quick come back to you because this week there were a number of bills that were actually announced uh, but in particular we're going to talk about a series of four health care bills uh, that were released by the democrats this week uh, I think they actually called them Healthy Wisconsin, which is interesting. Um, but in particular, uh, Badgercare Public Option. We had a big, huge media event up in Green Bay with uh, Representative Christina Shelton. Uh, there was also another big capital event with the three other bills uh, on Tuesday. Robert, tell our listeners in two minutes, just give us the highlights of, again, why this is so important that this is being released um, and, and in a nutshell, why and what does the Badger Care Public Option Bill do and why do people need to be contacting their legislators? So, and we're going to get a little later, Matt, to why health care is a burning issue for the public. And this is a disconnect in democracy that's a burning issue for the public and affecting their lives, but barely talked about in the legislature. And we're talking about other stuff like cutting off stopping pay raises at UW system for having uh, diversity, equity, inclusion programs and stuff like that, right? And so this, but really, you can win elections on this, and this is what people actually want democracy to do for them and their representatives. The Badger Public Option Bill quickly is a number of proposals together. It's, a, it's the only really comprehensive bill to be introduced in recent years that actually addresses the hyperinflation healthcare suffered by most Wisconsinites. Okay. So it it 
it, it goes well beyond batch care expansion, which is important, what we debate in the budget every two years. Um, it expands batch care further, doubling eligibility to a public program, all paid for by the federal government, 95% of it, the Affordable Care Act. Minnesota's done it, we haven't. It opens up to small businesses, one of the areas where only a third have health insurance for their employees because it's so darn costly for employ small employers, employers with less than 50 employees and nonprofits. Um, and um, and so it's going to it would be have have a transformational effect where a huge number of working and middle class people would have access and all middle class and upper middle class would, too, because you could buy into Badger Care on the Affordable Care Act marketplace and get tax credits to afford it from the federal government on a sliding scale and not deal with insurance companies have cheaper, more reliable, more comprehensive insurance without claims denials. But you could pick, you could stick with the big insurance companies if you prefer that. It's an option. Folks, we're going to take our first break, talk more about this after the break. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are talking about the Badger Care Public Option Bill. Um, it is. It was released this week. Um, before we went to break, Robert laid out, fundamentally, this opens up small businesses, 50 or less, right? An opportunity for those workers to have access to health care. We often talk about this from the small business owner's perspective, but the reality is, right, there's a lot of folks who work for small business and they are functionally locked out of uh, having access to affordable care. And so, for example, too, as an individual, you could get access if you're a family of four up to $62,000, right? So the, everybody you fit into that or, or or below in terms of the income, you would have access to functionally the universal health care, right? And that's a huge, important step. We know there's more that needs to be done. But the critical component, again, and back to Addy, is that we have to reach out right now. We have a two-week window. The bill was released on Tuesday. It is open for a two-week window for state legislators to sign on as a co-sponsor. And this is kind of important, and let me tell you why. In this two-week window, a lot of those folks are going to really look at this. A lot of those legislators are going to decide how they really feel about this. And if someone signs on as a co-sponsor, tends to make them much more likely not only to support the bill through, but to push it and to understand that it's important. And we would like to try and get as many folks signed on to that. And so we have one major request of you today, and that is that you call your state senator and your state representative. You can either use the one eight hundred hotline three nine or three three six two ninety four seventy two, or just go online. Right, look up your if you know your state rep, state senator. Please just call their office. I'll also put a link in where you can sign our petition, which we're going to be also forwarding on to legislators' office, but it's important that you reach out and let them know that they support this. Priscilla, that's not all people can do, though. That's um, right. We're trying to get folks to, like, call others, which we think is super important. Uh, tell them about how they can get involved in helping us reach out to other voters about this issue. 
Yes. Every Monday from five to seven, we are phone banking a different region of the state. So we hit up all of the people that we possibly can uh, and just talk to them about what the Badger Care Public Option Bill is uh, and what they can do. Give them that little extra bit of of hope because it's like, oh, what can I do? I'm not an elected. I can't co-sponsor this bill. But your representative can, um, both Republican and Democrat. Uh, we've been telling people, call. does it matter what party your representative aligns with? Call them. Get them to co-sponsor. Um, give people a little bit of of hope. Get them to also call that other person. It's that like five get five theory. Like you call five people and every one of those calls five people. And then all of a sudden you got a whole bunch of people calling their representatives uh, and the representative goes, oh, my people do want this. Maybe if I will think about it. Uh, so join us every Monday yes. from five to seven. And Here's the deal, people. <laughs> if we all just sit there and go, oh, you know, there's polarized legislature. Nothing happens over there. My time doesn't matter. Like that's that's what the other side wants. That's what the corporate, the wealthy, the people who finance both sides, right, want us to not be engaged, want us to not fight like Addy. So it's super important that you reach out around co-sponsorship. Robert, I'm coming back to you because I I want you to tell us more. Tell tell me more about this new report that came out. One of the one of the things this is this is important because one of the major things that why this has to be solved is it's not even close, folks. Bankruptcy due to health care costs is it just drives everything here because it, it we all and Robert tell us the numbers now it's almost like 70% of us are having serious issues with medical bills that we can't afford tell us more and why this should be the energy that helps drive like move for covering everybody hyperinflation is astronomical i mean all the inflation that everyone is concerned about since covid is minor and in this end has taken place at a much you know at a much shorter amount of time and smaller increments than healthcare is all the time and the reason is because of who controls it what the big health insurance companies pharmaceutical companies big hospitals do with their lobbying might in congress and in the state legislatures um, and their political might in terms of campaign contributions and dark money we can't measure is to make sure they control the price and they make more profit. And of course, hospitals often are nonprofits, but they build up huge empires. It's pro it's it's nonprofit and name only, as it's been phrased. Um, so that is why it's more expensive than the other country in the world by huge margins, magnitudes. And it doesn't cover everyone. And people who are covered are still going into deep medical debt because in order to raise the prices further, now there are mass surprise medical bills. Met, and that's often used in a narrow way in legislation. No one knows what the bill's going to be. If they have any serious medical interaction, the back and forth, the whack-a-mole between the insurance company and the billing uh, service of the hospital is impossible. And so the result of this, even with insured people, and we have the same kind of data for Wisconsin, we uh, released a report in January, is 
shocking numbers such as 69% have not been able to afford medical bills they've actually received at some point, and 63% are delaying needed care, dental care, doctor's appointments, uh, changing, uh, you know, medications, you name it, or making other vast sacrifices as far as where they live and whether they can go on vacation and whether they can get transportation, what colleges their kids can go to, you name it, all in the name of windfall profits demanded by Wall Street. And the, the ethic is, if we can get 50% profit, why not 60? Why not 70? And you know what happens when pharmaceutical executives or insurance executives uh, try to moderate price? Wall Street gets mad at them, and they own the companies. That's what the stock market is. Uh, that is why finance capital has so much power. So we have to take it on. We need a movement to do so. Right now, Matt, we have an opportunity, even Republicans in Wisconsin do not get cynical about them. For the first time in 12 years, they might face a map where they could lose their reelection. And so they got to worry about how powerful this issue is. And they have nothing on this. They have nothing. Yeah. If we get a couple of Republicans on this, I think the dams break. We get more. Right now, they're standing on their their unity and, and holding back uh, members I who are worried about the health care issue and worried about it damage them in elections. I really, really want to encourage people to take a look at the link of this report. Um, it's significant in how extensive it is in terms of the amount of people that it talked to and engaged in the survey. But what I also want to talk about that makes this issue, I think, bigger than how we've even thought about it. This report goes in and goes on to discuss how the debt and the situation actually also leads to serious mental health issues and other issues that are connected to what it's like to be under the stress of bankruptcy or tremendous financial strange strain from high healthcare costs, which is fascinating. We usually only talk about this under the, you know, just the idea that it impacts, you know, how it impacts us financially. But this survey goes to show how this is actually having a huge implication on folks mental health. It also shows very clearly that people are not fighting the medical bills they receive. And it's mostly because folks don't know, they don't think they'll be successful, but that the system is getting away with this. It works. They do it because they make money off it. But you know, one of the most important findings that cannot be ignored is that, and is so clear from this, everybody's looking to government to tackle this. Everybody believes that government should be the one responsible for bringing down costs and making sure folks are covered. That's, And that's why Robert said it's important that we not fall into our cynical partisan approach to this, even if there's partisan supporters behind it. This is a very broadly popular issue, and we need to be talking about it. We need to make it one of the defining issues in the 2024 election. There's a lot of stuff going on in this country, but... This is a fundamental issue, and it's not getting better. It's not being solved, and we have a huge opportunity to do that and lead. And I just want to, before we go to break, we were at the Greater Green Bay Labor Council on uh, for, for the release of the Badger Care Public Option on Tuesday, and the president of the Labor Council was, he didn't have a lot of words, but what he did say was really important. He flat out said this is the most important issue we face in this country. 
He said, there's a lot of things that right now seem more important and they are incredibly, he didn't want to diminish other issues, but talked about how the fundamental sort of access to freedom, the ability to like, and and the, the idea of what financial debt and not having access to your physical health is, and then how that all connects to the economy. It was very powerful for him just to sort of briefly sort of state that as uh, someone from labor. Uh, and so just please people get involved. I want you to call your state legislator today as you're listening to this, please make sure you do and urge them to co-sponsor this legislation. Folks, you're listening to the battleground, Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We need to talk about Robert and Priscilla. Let's. We're going to switch gears just a little bit here, but we're staying here in the state. We're staying on an issue that we've been talking a lot about, and that is the Public Service Commission, electrical rates. We've talked a lot about the energy burden. Um, we've talked about the unbelievably outrageous 15% over two-year increase in We Energies. Uh, well, Robert, I'm coming to you first. And Priscilla, I want to get your reaction because there's two things that I want you to comment on. One is it was announced this week that the PSC is going to start looking at announcing electrical rate increases. Yay, Jesus, right? Also, WEC we energies announced that it's looks like it's going to shut down the Oak Creek or start planning to shut down the Oak Creek power plant. Robert, you follow this closest for us, uh, your initial thoughts and a little bit of context on this. Yeah. And we have a long way to go and it's with both parties. Uh, of course it's worse on the GOP side, but it is not like you vote for a D and, and you fix this. Uh, we originally, the original bargain for, you, having for-profit entities deliver our power and our light was is that they will be regulating the public interest and in return they'd be able to make a reasonable return on their investment. What has developed over the years as our democracy is atrophied and the consumer voice has become weaker and weaker is they've taken over the regulators. So the regulators, the Public Service Commission, it's way of making rules is technocratic, complicated, opaque, and big utilities, investor-owned utilities like We Energies in, in, in Southeast Wisconsin, and they're also, they're, their corporation also owns everything in Northeast Wisconsin as well, um, has massive staffs to, to, to not only influence the system, but manipulate it over decades and change the rules. So now it is a protection racket in many ways for guaranteed profits. We Energies is guaranteed 10% profit rates, and they're not being held accountable for cutting greenhouse gas emissions fast enough to prevent runaway climate change, which is an absolute public obligation. And so we, we things are a little better with it with Governor Evers. His appointees are mixed, but they're also very corporate-y, and they are not bold as to what the PSC should actually do to hold these utilities accountable, but they'll give you a little more, like there is a process to consider an alternative rate, uh, uh, a pilot program only for very low uh, income rate at, at payers. And we have made a lot of news about 
and we organize around this, around the disproportionate percentage of income African-Americans pay in Milwaukee because they are low income and they have energy inefficient homes, which we energy does not help them with at all. It actually freezes them out of being able to fix with energy efficiency upgrades so it can sell more power. So it we're, we're fighting this. It's going to be a slog. We only need to elect a governor who will actually put consumer champions on the PSC. Priscilla, this this is, in my mind, there are a lot of issues that cut a bit differently based on age, generation, and cl fighting climate change is something younger folks um, get. And this seems like a no-brainer, like, for me, that we ought to be leading the charge on this stuff, both for the right thing to do, but also just, like, from a straight-up electoral political strategy, and that's why I'm coming to you for this. Um just seems like a no brainer for trying to get young people energized and excited to like have a robust agenda around not only fighting outrageous energy rates, which young people disproportionately can't afford to pay, but also just moving in a real serious direction on climate change. Yeah. Um, and I think that many of us uh, haven't forgotten last year when we were all told to put the thermostat down to 64 uh, because of a mistake on We Energy's part. Uh, and we don't have to let We Energy's forget that they did that. Uh, this is uh, everybody uses energy uh, and heat in the winter, whether you have a D or an R behind your name. Uh, so this is, this is this thought. It's one of those like, so frustrating things of like, this is solvable. Like, yes, we've done a lot of damage uh, in the past decades of, of not watching climate close enough, but like we can re-steer, steer the ship background different direction i don't know what the metaphor is there but like this is this is a thing like run on this learn about what can be done what has been done what needs to be funded where the funding can come from because there are often a lot of sources that the funding can come from that people aren't going after because they don't they don't recognize that uh so this is this is such a real thing the time has been now for decades now, but like the time is absolutely now. Like we got to change something soon yeah. because it's really getting to that point where it's far too late. L let me just say thank you to all the, all the folks who were involved, the activist leaders and organizers that helped make even something as modest as this, this decision to, 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 to shut down, to move, to shut down the Oak Creek plant possible right it's it's not enough but um we need to stay engaged again folks this we are up against entrenched power here robert brought up the idea that in some that this is a bipartisan issue right because we're talking about major major financial power uh energy companies right energy and and in this case we energies and so that that is not going to move or change unless there's significant public input to make sure that it's the public interest that is being represented by elected officials. And that is our segue, folks, to our never-ending conversation about what I'll, I'll just say is one of the greatest lootings and subsidies going on of the state right now, and that is the Milwaukee Brewers. 
uh, billionaire owner in his effort to get five hundred and forty-six billion, <laughs> uh, a million dollars. Excuse me. Let's not uh, let's not oversell the plan uh, from of a public subsidy. And what's important this week about this um, is the news that there's no vote. In some ways, there is no news, and we want to make sure the news gets out that there was supposed to be a Senate vote this week. It was scheduled originally um, because right, you schedule a vote when you think you got the votes and we're going to get this thing passed and onto the governor's desk. But no, um, there is no vote this week. That does not mean that this is done. Just means that there isn't a deal yet. And it means that your voice is important. We need to be continually reaching out right now to state senators. It's very important and bipartisan outreach. Don't tell me I live in a Republican or a Democrat. Da, 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 da. Stop that. There is bipartisan support for the Brewers subsidy and there is bipartisan opposition. And the one thing that runs between the two is the folks who are standing up in opposition and asking for a better deal are fighting in the name of the public interest right now. And we need to help give them backing. Robert, any news, uh, information you have to add to this? And and please, um, perspective on what it means that this is held up for a week. I think that that's, um, we should not lose sight about that. This thing was on a steamroller track to track to uh, pass in, and it appears it's hitting a bump, public bump maybe. Robert? Yeah, reflection on the power. Okay, this is something Robin Voss and Tony Evers agree with and have used all of their power and leverage to push, uh, which means we understand the real power behind the throne is people of great influence with both the top of the Democratic Party and the entire Republican Party. And what's fascinating is how powerful the voices of that corporate interest. The Brewers had the biggest lobbying campaign this year in the state with all the other big public interests involved and put real public interest involved in things that are underfunded. We so underfunded education, this is going to harm Governor Evers as it comes out school by school. Wabatosa, a, a wealthy suburban school district, closing two schools because of this of the of of the how the state budget underfunded public education. But we're going to do half a billion for one owner who can totally afford to maintain his own stadium. And let's not pretend it's not his stadium. He fully controls all the profit from it, but we have this legal fiction that we own it through a, through a stadium district. One chaired by a, one of the top corporate leaders over the last couple of decades in Wisconsin, Tim Sheehy. And so, but think about this, with all the power, in the four-hour hearing in the Senate last week, there was one witness against it, me, for citizen action. And and that was at the near end, the Euchre seats, right? Next to last witness. And all of this power against it. And they still don't have the votes. They're trying to force it through like Foxconn because it's an unbalanced bad deal. There could be a good deal. This is not it. And so that's amazing that you have some Republicans, we praised very conservative state senator Julian Bradley for his role in the hearing last week. Some Democrats, led by Chris Larson, Tim Carpenter, 
um, have been especially strong, uh, but there are others, and they still don't have the votes. And, and governor's people are calling and twisting arms, and they still don't have the votes. So there is an opportunity here to get a much better deal, but we really need calls into legislators. It is wildly unpopular in every opinion poll done. So this is an example of where the public voice is not heard. The fact that we're close to passing such a bad deal and it has this kind of bipartisan support shows how undemocratic the state capital is. The fact that it can't pass shows democracy is still standing, but people need to actually make the state senators hear from them because with this leverage, the Brewers could be forced into a better deal. It was fascinating. I mentioned it last week when the assembly sponsor, Representative Brooks, kept saying, well, on every idea, the Brewers don't won't go there. No, the Brewers say no. And finally, Senator Bradley, a conservative Republican, big voucher advocate, said, we're all elected by the people, not by the Brewers. You're obviously the Brewers very well, but that's not, I don't think that's that's our jobs, which then that was coming from a, a very conservative Republican. That was a great insight into and, what is going on and how power works in the state capitol right now. And with that, folks, we're going to take a break. You're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to The Battleground Wisconsin. We have been talking uh, about power <laughs> quite a bit here and particularly the last section talking about the brewers, right? And the, the power of a billionaire owner like Mark Antanasio, who, you know, owns a very, you know, a, a big sports team that everyone wants to be a part of and, and the power behind that. Well, look, folks, we, 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 we like to, <clears throat> on this show, constantly put that up against what the real public interest is. And this week, <clears throat> big news that I caught and I I shouldn't say it's big news because it hasn't been all over the place but it it's an important story to this tale the city of Wapan this week decided to invest in public it paying for public child care they're investing city funds in child care folks this is in 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 this is a Republican city the mayor's Republican, and they're saying, I don't care. I know some of my Republican <laughs> colleagues in the legislature are upset because there's this bipartisan gridlock around funding child care. Let's be honest here. The Republicans are refusing to fund child care in the Child Care Counts program. And he's saying, I don't care. I don't care. This is such a critical issue. We're putting resources in and and basically says after watching the governor and the legislative Republicans inability to figure this out, that this is too critical to not only the family's ability to like have the freedom to go work, but it's so fundamental to the ability to have a functioning economy, right? Like we have, this is, these are both parents need to be working in some families, right? That's the reality of this economy. And if you don't have access to childcare, you don't have access to this. And that hurts a city like Waupun, where they already have issues with childcare facilities, just having any, much less being able to afford them and keep these doors open. So I wanted to bring this up 
because this is in the context that they've been dickering the last month and hearings and right over money for a billionaire when they can't figure out child care, child care funding. Priscilla, I just, it's, um, it's, I, I guess it's, I wanted to end the show on this because it's just sort of the conundrum we're living in and it's important we not ever get comfortable with that. And that's why we're asking you to reach out on both the stadium on healthcare and help set these public priorities, Priscilla. Yeah. I hope that uh, Wapan is able to get more attention statewide because somebody needed to just take that first step. Uh, like, like they have people uh, love to talk and plan for things. Uh, and then that's sometimes as far as it, gets and even uh you know they they talked about like oh nobody like we don't know who's gonna lead this and the mayor's like all right we're doing it like here are the funds we're gonna do this we need to do it uh you know we can't have workers if they don't have child care uh that's just how this works uh you can't take your kids to work for multiple different reasons and nor should your kids have to come to work with you they should be able to go someplace fun uh and calming and get food and play and sleep during the day um so i'm i'm really like i'm so happy that somebody finally just took the leap and did it uh and i really hope that more and more cities and counties across the state can see like oh they're doing it like maybe maybe we can too and just should take the leap uh and do it so i i it's it's amazing that it's finally happening um of course another thing that took far too long uh and is solvable uh but congrats to wapan for for being really the first to, Priscilla, to do you, it you mentioned it takes resources i don't know if you saw where this republican mayor got the resources from yes it was recovery it was, funds yep, yes ARPA ARPA. Funds. yeah so again uh this art and by the way for people if you remember arpa funding was largely bipartisan not here in wisconsin not one single republican member of congress voted for these resources that Wapan is currently using, the Republican mayor of Wapan is using to provide child care to make sure that the economy of Wapan can function. Choke on that one. Robert? Yeah, it's it's not Madison. It's not Milwaukee. It's a, it's a reddish place, right? So that all shows that, you know. Reddish. That is kind. Good yeah. job. <laughs> you know. And so then to Wapan, my friend. <laughs> but this means this means you got leaders there, regardless of ideology, they're willing to see reality and see beyond the ideological blinders of conservatism. And it does reveal their counterparts in the legislature, and it should reveal them. They should worry about fair maps and their position on child care, where they haughtily argue it's not the role of government as they try to give away all our revenue, either in massive subsidies like to the brewers or more gigantic tax cuts, mostly for the people who are the most well off. So this is where the public is too. Democrats need to be much sharper 
at explaining this and campaigning on it clearly and, and having a clear contrast. It's been far too mushy. And you, you can't just run on 80% issues that I'm for apple pies and communities and small business and think that, that people are seeing the distinction between their choice at the ballot box on issues of vital importance like childcare, which affects whether families can thrive, whether people can work and pursue careers. It is a necessity because we create an economy that requires most people to work, okay? That you don't have you don't have jobs that 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 support the old nuclear family where one of the partners can stay home and there's enough money to to thrive and live a middle class life and send your kids to college. It, and so I think this is a moment, but there's still a lot of work to do. And remember, a Wapan small places got better shared revenue from Republicans than a Milwaukee. There's no way Milwaukee could meet its child care needs on its own with with the strangulation of revenue and all the constraints put in that shared revenue bill right now. So there's not a local solution. There needs to be a state solution. And in fact, we need to start taxing, the, reversing the tax cuts of the Republicans over the last 12 years, not adding more in order Look, to do things like this. I'll put a link to the uh, article from um, the uh, Wisconsin Public Radio on this, but it's important to understand what's great about this article is it reveals the function, the, the real problem we have politically here. <clears throat> While this mayor, this Republican mayor is admitting <clears throat> that this is absolutely necessary and they're taking this decision, they're then taking these ARPA, federal ARPA funds, and yet he is still saying that he thinks that childcare might be the next job benefit companies offer. So he's still pushing this Republican solution, right? That businesses should take on yet another cost, the childcare costs all themselves, right? Even though he admits in the article, says Bishop, this is the mayor, has been trying to get Wapan's largest companies to come together and open a joint daycare center in the city's business park. He said the businesses are all interested, but no one wants to take the lead. Right. There's the problem, folks. Even this mayor who is just like out of desperation has come in and essentially said, we're going to provide this continues to push and say, I think this should be the, you know, businesses should do this. The biz admits he's tried like hell. The businesses have refused to lead and do it. Folks, that's where government absolutely has to step in. Like this is, it ain't going to get solved. This article lays it out, lays it all out, right? We're not talking about a ton of money. Robert brought up accurately that Milwaukee couldn't take this on. We're talking about a quarter million dollars, right? Which for Wapon, I'm sure is a significant chunk of money. And if they didn't have the ARPA money, wouldn't have it. But like at the end of the day, a quarter of a million is not a lot of money for a whole like community like Wapon. To try to make sure we start to fund childcare. So, folks, we're ending this way because the only way we break through this is with our agency and with us all finding our Addy Barkin in us. It's super important. It's what we all need to be doing. It's the only way we're going to shake the rust off this democracy that we're going to beat Trumpism and authoritarianism, authoritarianism that 
basically is a a cloud for anti-democratic societies. So folks, please call about the Badger Care Public Option. If you have not called your senator about the stadium and giving away public money for that, call them now. Get involved. We need you. We need you on the phone calls Monday night. Voters need to hear this. It's not enough for us to stay in our podcast, you know, social media worlds. We're breaking out of that and we're going and talking directly to voters and voters that we and our organizers will follow up with. Your work and your work on Monday nights when you make those calls between five and seven, that we will follow up on them. They will be more than just an effort on this issue. We're going to try to get those folks involved. People, get involved in your democracy. We'll be here fighting with you every step of the way. Again, I want to thank our producer who makes this Battleground Wisconsin happen every week, Brian Woodridge. I want to thank our listeners, and please, if you're not a member of Citizen Action, I need you to join. I need you to go to our webpage again, citizenactionwi.org, on the upper left hand, join us. Go click on there, join one of our co-ops, or just donate to us. Please, get involved, and we'll see you next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.